1: This episode is brought to
0: you by Snapple. Wanna know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous! Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
2: This is Meta Dead from the Dead Deads, and you're listening to Jay Scott on the hook. Rock! But you know he's clean Oh, don't you see what I mean Gotta get away Holy diver Yeah, yeah. shiny diamonds Like the eyes of a captain the black and blue Something is coming for you
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Thank you very much for the great feedback for the Blackberry Smoke live review show from the concert this past Saturday. I was able to attend. It's always good to see Blackberry Smoke, like I mentioned. The world is a better place now that Blackberry Smoke is once again touring. Thank you again for listening to the Iron Maiden album review for their latest 17th studio album, Senjutsu. Great album. Looks like pretty much most people are loving it, and that's good to see. I know there's some people out there who claim that they haven't released a great album since Somewhere in Time. They're obviously not listening to Iron Maiden's catalog because their new stuff and the stuff after... Seven Son of the Seventh Son, or you can even put Fear of the Dark in there, are just as good as the classics that we all know and love. So hopefully they'll be touring soon. It's great to see Iron Maiden release new material. So check out those episodes. Also, too, some great episodes from this past August. The Dead Deads, new music spotlight. John Karabi with his new single, Earlier in the month of August, I had Brad Gillis and Dee Snyder, plus some great new music spotlights as well. I mentioned the Dead Dads. We also had Jack J. Hutchinson. So check those out as well as many other episodes that we did. Thank you again for always listening and tuning in and making the Hook Rocks your place to be for music commentary, new music spotlights, and legacy interviews as well. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, so please check out all the great music podcasts on that great network of music podcasts. It's a great family. I've mentioned many of the podcasts that are on there. Shout Out Loudcast, which we also have a new collaboration, the Zeppelin Chronicles. You can find that under Shout Out Loudcast on all podcast platforms. Don't forget Martin Popoff the rock historian, Mistress Carey who does a phenomenal job out on the East Coast, Cobras and Fire and Carmen a Peace in Vinnyapacity with Ron Anesti. Great things are headed your way as regards in regards to the Hook Rocks. So be on the lookout for all that stuff and I'm excited, you're excited, we're all excited. Let's get to a word from our sponsor And let's take care of business with the legacy of Ronnie James Dio. Once again, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Let's have a good time, baby. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and a fraction of the cost. Cha-ching. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. It's probably the most important thing in any relationship. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's sodenophil, and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, America, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform... Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for the Hook Rocks podcast listener. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Shake at checkout, just paying $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Shake to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the Hook Rocks podcast. We do legacy shows from time to time, usually once a month or every six weeks. We've done Dokken, we've done Def Leppard, Maiden, Metallica. We've all done shows or the Hook Rocks has done episodes specifically about certain artists that meant a lot to us growing up and the music that we grew up with. And these are great episodes because they get great feedback. People love them. Um, it gives them the to it gives them a chance to reflect with us on an artist that we loved when we were younger and have you know look back with fond memories. Today's artist is Ronnie James Deal. And when I was putting these legacy shows together and I was picking who to talk to you know, for each certain band, and I was talking to this podcast or this friend of mine who did this. I had one name in mind to do this because the passion this man has for deal for Ronnie James Deal is off the charts. It's like you you can't even describe it. And I've you know we've we've been through the trenches of rock and roll from our twenties to our god. When I lived with the rock band in Chicago you know, he was around and, and, uh, you know, he was at shows with us and I always knew his passion for Dio and it still rings true today. It's still just as strong today as it was 20 plus years ago. I'd like to welcome Mr. Chicago Nino. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, Jay, how are you, brother? Thank you for having me, man. What a, what a, uh, what a great intro, man! Yeah, you're you're, you're doing it right. Thank well,
0: you. it's it's well deserved, man, because this is wow. <laughs> this is your episode, man. This is you and your passion, and <laughs> you know what you love about the deal legacy, about Ronnie James Dio, and uh, I'm excited to have you on, man. So thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, awesome, brother! Look forward to it, man. Thank you. So cool.
0: So as we always begin every time we have a first time guest we always ask the Hook Rocks question, and that is the meaning behind the show, what we're all about here. Just like every rock song, every great rock song has a hook that pulls you in, that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, an album, or performance, that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you?
1: Last in line, Without a doubt, the the song The Last in Line" When I was uh, in 85, i'm thinking i'm 13 12 13 one of my best friends across the street his older brother was a rocker played guitar and you know i was listening to regular music you know it's it's, just the radio stuff and old rock and roll and stuff like that but um he says you gotta hear this song i'm like okay and he played last in line and right from the start the, the intro, the the slow, you know, worship without a storm. And as soon as Ronnie went into that, we are coming home, I was just hooked. And from that point on, I mean, Ronnie gave Dio and anything he ever did or, or done, I, I I got into it. I mean, just loved it.
0: Was there any music prior to Dio that you were familiar with, with rock and roll?
1: You know, nothing in particular, nothing that I really, you know, was, was big into uh, The Who, Stones, all the classic rock and stuff like that, but but never had like, oh, I got all these albums, you know, or anything like that,
0: no. When was the first time you saw him in concert?
1: I saw him live. It was the, I believe it was the Dream Evil tour, 87, 88, was the first time I was able to see him live. So I was old enough in high school it was somewhere in Chicago. I think it was the UIC Pavilion. Yeah, UIC Pavilion. Megadeth opened, opened up for him, and that was the Dream Evil tour. Yep.
0: Wow, what a tour.
1: What oh, a tour. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was uh, Sabotage, too. I think it was, it was Sabotage. Sabotage? Oh, Megadeth. my God. Yes. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Was it Hall
0: of the Mountain King? I think that was Hall of the Mountain King oh, tour.
1: Yes, I believe so. I believe so. What a great song, huh? That's a great song, man. What a what a yeah.
0: freaking tour, man. That is like a
1: tour de force right yeah. there. Yep, that was it. Yep.
0: As far as his catalog goes, Last in Line was the first song you heard. I mean, obviously, people talk about Holy Diver. They talk about the Sabbath days, Rainbow. You went backwards after that, right? Like, you kind of, you really weren't familiar with them, but then you kind of listened to the Sabbath, and you really connected with Heaven and Hell. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, so, like starting in with with the of course with the last line album and then and then you go back to the holy diver and of course forward to dream evil as, as he as he progressed but you go to these concerts these shows and he's doing these mashup medleys with all this old which is one of the greatest things you ever seen live with with the mashup medleys he'll do and he'll throw in a couple rainbow songs and 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 a Sabbath song and i'm like what is that you know mistreated what, what I, I don't know what that is and, and that like Got me started. I, I started going backwards into his music. So backwards into, into Sabbath, backwards into uh, Rainbow, and then, you know, Elf, as early, you know, now I've been listening to uh, Elf, uh, the Elf stuff because I'm reading the book. He's got the autobiography out, uh, Rainbow in the Dark, which is phenomenal. I'm learning so much. I'm, I'm by no means a historian, but I'm learning so much about him and the progression. But, yeah, I went backwards.
0: Well, it's important, right? I mean, you've been a big fan for years. You've got so many great stories that involve him or that were centered around him, and we'll get to those, you know, as well. But, you know, I have to imagine, yeah. you know, when you peel back the orange deal, right? You start with Last in Line, and you go with Holy Diver, and then you hear this kick-ass album, Heaven and Hell, Rainbow, I mean, the stuff with Richie and oh, that band, yeah. I mean, just epic stuff that was happening. I mean, he joined, I don't know if this is in the book, but he joined... Richie Blackmore's Rainbow because Elf had opened up for Deep Purple on a few legs of their tours and he liked Ronnie's voice and that's why he he wanted him for the rainbow band.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I from what I understand in the book, um the Deep Purple's record label signed Elf and they were open. you're right, they were opening up for, for Deep Purple. And I think what, what happened was, if I remember correctly it's my reading, is uh Richie wanted Leo to lay his, his voice down on a, a cover he was doing separately. And Richie put the music together for, he had the, the music for 16th century green Uh He had the, only the music and Ronnie wrote the lyrics. And then it was a B side. And that became one of the first albums on rainbow at 16th century green So I never knew that. It's so cool. You know, learn, learning some of this stuff. I'm still going backwards. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: So as you you know listen to his music and you came became hooked on Dio, and you know, you moved forward with his music as you grew older, you know right. what did his music how did his music impact your life when you were a kid like how did it you know mean to your friends or what kind of friends that you were hanging out with you know what did it mean like you know you were with you in, in school what was that like for you.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, the deal, the music, you know, and the lyrics, it uh, meant so much. And just, just putting that patch on that, that deal patch, and running with the metal kids. If you, had, you're, you're a deal guy, you know. That, yeah, he was heavy. He was metal. The lyrics are, um, just, just, just ring true. You, you listen to some of these songs that he sings. Don't talk to strangers. Don't dream of women because they'll only bring you down. You know, especially as a high school kid, not necessarily these those songs, you know, against women or whatever, but it's just it's general in life. So, so great. All the stuff that he, uh, that he, that he laid down, you know, evil eyes, you know, songs like we rock or stand up and shout. You want to get up and kick some ass. You
0: know, I, I look at some of the music. I just did an interview with Dee Schneider earlier in August, and we were talking about the impact that we're not going to take it had on me when I was growing up. Right. I mean, you know, not just, you know we're not going to take it. it. It meant standing up for people, standing up for yourself, making decisions that are that are for you, not relying on other people, not not basing your decisions on what other people think. And you hear you hear stand up and shout. As a young kid, you're you're you can you're taught to conform when you're a kid, right? You're in school, right? You know you're you're taught you know you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to stand in line and all that stuff, and. When you hear stand up and shout, it's like it's like fuck you. I want to do no. This is what I want to do. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When I listen to it. That's actually. I got to get rid of it though because it's it's on my alarm <laughs> when you to wake up and 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 that's not a good thing to have when you wake because you're miserable when you wake up in the morning. But I, I got to get that off there. But yeah, stand up and shout. You're not kidding. So when you're miserable, man, yeah, stand up and shout. But yeah, get get kick some ass
0: the imagery for deal was so important too back then right you know we we right. remember oh, yeah. putting the putting the album cover up to the mirror and it said devil, you know, and, and, and all that stuff, and I, you know, I, I mean, you 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 always see what you want to see, right? I mean, so when you're a kid, oh man, you totally see it; it's totally there. And then, you're like, you're an adult, you're like, what? What are you? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah,
1: exactly. With the V, they look at the E and the V. Look Get out of here! Yeah,
0: yeah, but Bullshit. It was such a like a mythical thing, right? Because all the kids, you know, what you know, you get Holy Diver, you get Last in Line, or you know, dream evil. And you do that because you'd hear about that stuff, but the imagery and the lyrics, you know, the lyrics were very mythical. They were very dungeons and dragons. They were very philosophical too, as well. Um, you know, for a kid who, you know, when you're impressionable, you look for that stuff to connect with. And it obviously connected with you.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, still to this day, you listen to somebody, somebody's lyrics and, uh, yeah, the medieval stuff. That, it, it, and i feel like again, you know, I'm reading this book and I, and I'm understanding how he wrote uh, some of these songs and, and and where they came from. Like he's he's super well read, and I didn't know this. So when he's saying that, you know, he he'll read a book in a day, and he loves um you know space uh space stuff and I mean, you know futuristic stuff and the medieval stuff. Uh, so that was a lot of big influence on how he wrote a lot of these lyrics to these songs. It didn't necessarily mean anything. You just laid them down.
0: It was it's just too cool. You know, being part of that heavy metal group that you talked about, you know, we all know, you know, that aspect of growing up, especially in the 80s, you know, when you had the back patches on the jean jackets and, <laughs> you know, you had your yeah. Dio fans and you had your Maiden fans and you had your your Ozzy and your Priest. And those were really the four bands prior to the thrash movement that started with Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer and Anthrax, but prior to those bands, those were the faces of metal. I mean, you know, Motley Crue was considered metal back then. So was Def Leppard. So were a lot of these bands that now when you look back, you're like, yeah, they were more hard rock or they were more kind of glam rock or whatever. But, you know, you you think of Ozzy, Halford, Dickinson, and Dio as kind of like the four-headed monster of metal. And imagery was so important to all four of them. Iron Maiden with those album covers with Eddie, you know, just being so hypnotic, like this fantasy type deal. And you you think of the black leather outfits with Priest and Ozzy Osbourne with just the craziness and, you know, the tattoos on the chest and biting the head off of a bat and all that stuff that went with it. (laughs) And you had Dio that had the horns, right? You know, you grew up in an Italian family, and I grew up in an Italian family, and, you know, we always knew what that was, right? You know, that was to keep the spirits away, that was to keep, you know, the dirty spells away so you wouldn't get uh, 10 years of bad luck, or 20 years of bad luck, or whatever it is. so
1: yeah, he protect you from the evil eye, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: And and when he started doing that, you know, I remember doing that in front of my mother. And she's like, what are you doing? You know? And and I'm like, Oh, she's like, that's the the Maloic with, with, with Italians. What was it like for you? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, your parents, you live with your parents and they knew the music that you loved, you know, as you're sitting around eating mustacholi on a Sunday dinner and you're passing the gravy and you're passing the the garlic bread and meatballs, you know, the deal ever come up at the dinner table? (laughs)
1: <laughs> the deal never came up at the dinner table, uh, but they knew the passion that I had for them. You know, uh, my 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 nieces and nephews. I mean, from the from the second they were they were born, the first thing that they when they, they knew what to do when they saw me, they learned how to do the horn. You know, so mom, you know, mom was never uh, oh you're listening to devil music. She didn't really know. But funny story about mom. You want to talk about your mother and growing up. Not even a mother in general, but I had. To, um, I had the album uh thirty deep and uh Big Balls was on there and she heard the song and <laughs> didn't like it so much. So she didn't so she went and grabbed the album. She didn't destroy the album completely, but she took a knife and scratched out that song. Just only that song. So you could be listening to the record and all of a sudden it's gonna hit that and it's gonna click, 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 you know, because she just didn't want me to listen to that song. But uh never 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 throw out my deal stuff, thank God.
0: He should have told her that Big Balls was about volleyballs in gym class.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like she was not it. Or, or, yeah. or dodgeballs, I should
0: say, not volleyballs. Dodgeball. Dodge yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: ma, ma, come on, ma. It's yeah. about dodgeball. It's about dodgeball, ma. Why?
0: You, know, uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> you know. And for those There's wondering it. what mustacholi is, outside of Chicago oh. and New York, it's called penny pasta, but when you come around here, it's mustacholi, Funny story about that, I was in South Dakota like four years ago, five years ago. I was with my my son, the Youth Rocks that you guys all know, and I got tired of eating burgers and meat and everything. I was on this we went to Yellowstone, we were in Colorado, we were we were, you know, in like the plateau states and everything. And we drove up to Yellowstone from Yellowstone, we drove to Deadwood, and I'm in Deadwood, and I'm like, you know what? I just want some pasta. I just want I don't want any meat. <laughs> So we go to this Italian restaurant in South Dakota, which I should have been, I should have known better, right? You know, like good like the ending scene in Goodfellas. It's like it was like noodles and ketchup. And yeah, uh,
1: exactly. What, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you, go, go get a burger. What are, you, what are you going to get pasta for? are in the wrong spot. I just it was
0: like it was like I was on I was like a ten day road trip and I'm like, I just need something yeah. different. And yeah. so so I, I I'm at this Italian restaurant and I'm like, Do you guys got mustacholi? And the guy's like looked at me like, like deer in a headlight. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, mustacholi. It's like a noodle. That's like, you know, it's like, it's like a tube. It's like a, you know, it's like a, he's like, are you fucking with me? He actually said it to me. Are you fucking with me? I'm like, no, mustacholi. And I'm like taking pictures of it or I'm pulling it up on Google and I type, you know, mustacholi and I show him, I go, oh, that's penny pasta. You guys call it mustacholi. I'm like, no, mustacholi, you know? And I'm like, all right, I just have some penny pasta then, you know? And, and, uh, yeah. But no he, he actually thought I was messing with him. I'm like, no, it's like, like it was like an SNL skit. Eat the Bears sausage, meatballs, yeah. you know, right. choley. Right. But, uh, yeah. but no. yeah. But getting back to with Dio and growing up, enjoying his music, one of the things that was important to his music and important how we absorbed it as kids, was the imagery. Right, the imagery was so right. important. Oh, yeah. with The album covers with this like demon type of
1: body, or you know, Murray, it's Murray, they call him. Yeah, yeah, and his Murray, yeah.
0: You know, when you watch that "Last in Line" video, and there's that young kid in that video. We were all that young kid at that time, right? We were right. all trying to find our way. We were all trying to. I mean, look. Let's face it. You know, those that liked the heavy metal music when we were younger called burnouts, or they were called troublemakers. You know, they didn't know right. us. They didn't know what we were right. about, but they just assumed because we wore the rock t-shirts, the black t-shirts, we had the ripped jeans and all that stuff. Right. That we were. You know, don't we, You Don't, okay, don't hang you know, out yeah. with those kids. Don't hang out with their bad kids. Burnout. You know. So, burnouts.
1: Remember that burnouts. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. um, you know when you watch that video and that kid's trying to find his place. We are evil. We are divine, you know, we are evil and divine. And, you know, just that connection that that video had an impression on me. I don't know about you, but, you know, you knew Deal was speaking for us, for those young kids back then.
1: Right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that video, it kills it, you know, with, it, with the whole, with the whole, you know, almost like it's like walking through hell a little bit, right? You yeah. know, when, when, yeah, yeah. Outstanding stuff, yeah. And then he works his way through, going down that elevator, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was it was really important, and a lot of his lyrics were important too. I know you really connect with Heaven and Hell, you know, with oh, with us, the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, that is your mantra. I know that you know right. for a fact. I mean, you live by those words.
1: Yeah, Heaven and Hell is is is, is, is you know, lack of a better word, a theme song. You know, a, a, a way of life. If you really listen to those lyrics, anybody who hasn't really delved into those lyrics really should. I mean, the song itself is phenomenal. And it's like three songs in one. You know, you've got the intro, or then the middle, and then the, the riff. It, 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 it's like three songs in one. The music itself is outstanding, but the lyrics are just, you know, especially at the end, you know. Say that life's a carousel, spinning fast, you got to ride it well. If the world is full of kings and queens who'll blind your eyes and steal your dreams. It, it just, wow. Yeah, unbelievable. Just words to live by.
0: You know, we always talk about songs standing the test of time being the you know the the most important thing when we rate great songs, right? Does it still hold up? And I, I agree with that to some extent that that is the true test of a great song. However, I think a song evolves with the person, right? I mean, you hear you heard those lyrics when you were a kid, right? And they meant something to you. When you were in your teens, you know, in your early twenties, but now, you know, being in your forties, the lyrics still connect with you. But because you've lived your life, they also have now a different meaning. Maybe you know what I mean? Not like, sure. yeah, like, it, like it doesn't it doesn't mean what it did back then, twenty some years ago, twenty plus years. But it still connects with you. It's evolved with you as you have evolved as a person,
1: right? Yeah, and and that's why I love I love Ronnie so much, especially that song in general. You take you know you take artists like Ozzy, who I love. Please, I love Ozzy Osbourne. I love him, love him, love him. I saw that last tour with with Sabbath. I, I cried. I think he's coming back. Is it? Right, he's coming back for one. I believe. Yeah, I've, more. I've heard Final that. Thing maybe. You know,
0: I mean, yeah. I don't know how he's going to do that. He's got Parkinson's. Yeah, I just think. Listen, I love Ozzy too, but. At some, at some point, and I think when you have Parkinson's, you've reached that point where you got to say, yeah, I'm done. You know, I'm done. I've right. had enough. Right, sure. You know, and, sure. And
1: I hate, I hate to hear it. All, all, our, all our, our heroes are leaving us. You know? Yeah. It's so sad. You know, Ronnie broke my heart. You know. But
0: Well, you got a chance to, to speak with Ronnie, which is a really cool uh-huh. story. And you know i, I always love yeah. hearing this because
1: well, I know you ask for a cool story but go ahead.
0: well, I mean you, you set this up and you tell the story
1: <laughs> yeah, so so my our mutual friend Phil, as you know, was at the Nam show, man, I don't know how many years ago this has gotta be man I can't even i can't remember, but it, many many, many years ago, obviously, I think it was two thousand seven something like that, so he's at the Nam show, and my phone rings. And it's Phil. I'm like, hey, I call him Rockstar. Hey, Rockstar, what's up? He says, stay by your phone. And I know, I know he's at the Nam show. Stay by your phone. You are know by your phone? Yeah, keep it on. I'll, be, I'll call you right back. Says, okay. So I'm putting two and two together. I just, oh, he's at the Nam show and he knows I love Dio and he this is passionate. It, he loves, he gets the biggest kick out of listening listen to me, you know, scream songs and do my thing when I hear Ron. But, so I know I'm putting two and two together. I go, he's gonna to talk to Ronnie and he's gonna have him call me so I start writing down I'm, I'm taking you know notes I'm like what am I gonna say when Ronnie James Dio calls me my hero my god so I'm writing all this stuff down I got all these notes whatever so the phone rings and I pick it up and, and, and it's Phil and I can hear his voice he does not say nothing he, and, and I can hear Ronnie in the background or Phil saying yeah his name is Nino and he's like Nino yeah Nino from Chicago oh yeah so Ronnie gets on the phone. Hey, Nino, this is uh, you know Ronnie James Dio. I like started shaking. I'm like, hello, Mister Dio. <laughs> you know, I'm the I'm your biggest fan. Everything I wrote down went to shit. Went to shit. I was like a schoolgirl. I'm, I'm 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 shaking. I'm your biggest. I play your stuff at my club. Oh my god, I can't wait. You know. And he was so gracious. He's like, we're gonna be coming through Chicago. He's coming to the show. Yeah, I'll be there oh, you know, earlier. it's so great, man. Hey, you know we're a little busy here, you know. But he spent that 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 minute to talk to me, and such such an honor. So great, to you know, because he loved his fans. He, you know, he loves and loved his fans, and uh, it just showed, especially in that to take time because you know you have been to those shows. Yeah. It's busy as hell. He's doing his thing. You're gonna pick up the phone and call somebody. That's awesome, you know.
0: I don't know if I am more impressed that he did that. Or you called him Mr. Dio?
1: <laughs> I'm old school, man. You know, it's, uh, you know I'm not going to call him Ronnie. I don't know him. We live in a relationship first, right? You know, you know he's Mr. Dio. Until, until, until he says, please call me Ronnie, that's Mr. Dio to me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's the way I was raised. <laughs>
0: Mr. Dio. Dio. Mr.
1: Dio. Dio
0: Smeal, you know. <laughs> yeah, did you, exactly. Did you tell yeah. him what songs you played at, at the club that you worked at?
1: Uh, no, I did not get in, into particulars about that. didn't have the, didn't have the time of it. Uh, they didn't have the time to get into that. Didn't that, but uh, but you know, had he asked, I would have told him it's always it's always Holy Diver because when you're working at a club that's not a, a metal club or people that know the music, everybody knows Holy, everybody knows Rainbow in the Dark, everybody knows Holy Dive, So it was always one of those two.
0: I'd have to think if I was thinking of a song that would get played in a club that has women dancing on stages with very little or no clothing, I would think that voodoo would be a great tune.
1: Uh, Yeah, good call. That's a a deep dig, yeah. Yeah, deep dig, little savage stuff, sure. You're talking about a gentleman's club now?
0: Yes, I am talking about a gentleman's club.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should have a side conversation. <laughs> we'll, we will we, we'll do something in L.A. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm just saying. You know, you mentioned the club that you worked at. Don't want to like be specific, but
1: <laughs> well, it was it was a gentleman's club. But I, I, have, I actually have a better story about a a, a, a deal story with a with a gentleman's club, and you'll get a kick out of this. Um, especially because how we're talking about the passion stuff. So a friend of mine used to run uh, a a, a gentleman's club and I would go visit, you know, just to see him, you know, just to say hello to him. I didn't, you know, I always want to see my friend. I wasn't going to see anything else, but so I'm in there one day having a drink after work and he sits me down and says, sit here, don't move. Okay. And I never get, honestly, I never got dances, None of that stuff. I was, I was really there to see my buddy. So, Girl comes up and Holy Diver comes on and she starts dancing for me, Holy Diver. I lost it. Now, wait a minute. Not because she was dancing me to Holy Diver. She sang the song to me word for word, knew the lyrics word for word, took off her thing, you know, did her stripper thing. My eyes never left her face and her mouth. I was like, oh my God, this is Mrs. Beetle. I'm in love. And it was it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I said, I "A girl sing all these to me. This is awesome."
0: <laughs> Who knew that instead of them taking their clothes off, if they just sang to you Dio songs, you would <laughs> you would give them dollar bills? <laughs>
1: that, that was it. That that was it. I, I gave my love. I, I wanted to fire out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've
0: also yeah. you also have the Dio shrine that you've had for years in your house yes. and yeah. what does that all entail?
1: It's a, it's, a, it's a little homage to Dio you know I've got the new book out there which is which is awesome I've got this new graphic Holy Diver novel that came out I don't know if you're aware of that but some, some kid wrote and again I don't know people's names but you know verbatim but he did a, a Holy Diver graphic novel which is kind of cool I've never read one of these before it's, it's, it's this you know version of, of the Holy Diver and it's like a comic book pretty cool but I've got uh, a drumstick that I got at a show uh, in Schaumburg. Um I've got a little uh, 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 Dio horns uh, with a with a wristband on there, and I've got an album, uh, a CD that that, that uh, was signed for me from another friend, got for me for Ronnie. But so yeah, the, sh- the shrine is up. I, you know, every day you come in and you see Dio in my house. You know, I love it. You know, got to see it. It just makes me happy. And
0: as you you know, are at the point in your life, you know, where you've, you know, experiencing him live, listen to his music, you know, obviously he passed several years ago, you know, when he uh, did pass, you know, what was that like for you?
1: I remember I, I was, I was, you know, literally upset. I remember like, like it was yesterday. It was, uh, it was, it was May 16th, 2010. I'll, I'll never forget. Um, and, it was like a big blow, because if you remember, and it was weird, because he, he came through, we saw him, the last time I saw him live was at Northerly Island, here in Chicago, in 2009, he came through with the Heaven and Hell's Bum, uh, which, you got to come back to that, that's a great story about the, the pre-show on that, but right before he died, all the reports, and we knew he had stomach cancer, we knew he was sick, and he canceled the, he canceled the tour. And we're like, what's going on? We're kind of paying attention to it. And there was like, we thought reports were coming. Hey, he's getting better. You know, Ronnie beat it. You know, he summoned the demons and said, hey, you know, stand up and shout. Get get the fuck out of here. You know, cancer, get out of here and this and that. And next thing you know, you get the report, Ronnie died. I'm like, holy shit. Didn't realize it it, it went that bad. So it it was kind of a blow because I wasn't expecting it. I, I, you know, so... It it, it 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 kind of took me by by shock. I mean, literally, one to laugh. I mean, this is okay. He's a rocker that obviously doesn't know me, but you. Know, but I had people calling me. Hey, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, but yeah, I, I was I was upset.
0: You know, it's amazing that if he would have caught it earlier, he may still very well be with us right now.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta I hate that what it's but yeah, yeah.
0: You know and that's the problem with most yeah. men, right? I mean, you always hear men don't like to go to the doctor. you know men think that right. things will heal on their own, and you know if there's if there's a message from this moment in this conversation is that you know if you do not feel so good or if you feel you know things aren't working right, basically you know with your body, go see the doctor because you know the the sooner you go the better off you'll be if that's anything to, you know, any, any, any truth to that. I mean, you know, we lost Definitely. a great singer, a great, wow. you know, a great performer, uh, because, you know, he was the typical guy like you and I are, hey, it'll be all right. Yeah, hey, I'll be okay.
1: Yeah. You know, I right. will just drink,
0: yeah. I'll drink more water, you know, <laughs> you know, right. I'll, I'll eat a right. salad for, for lunch instead of a burger. You know what I mean? And, right. uh, you know, we do that. Men do that a lot. And, and, uh, There's a lesson to be learned from that whole experience with Ronnie James Dio is, you know, go as soon as you can, you know, when you start not, you know, when you don't feel right.
1: But It's a great public message, Jay. I like it. You're right, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing, too, is he was such a, you know, he was one of those, you know, distinguished faces of metal in the 80s. And and, and I even say, in, in terms of American metal, I mean, we talk about Metallica, obviously. Before Metallica, Dio was the face of American metal. He really was. True. You know, they're really, True. I mean, I mean, Kiss, yeah, not really. Alice Cooper, eh, not really, you know. But he was. He, he embodied everything, the spirit of heavy metal. And, you know, even though he played in Rainbow and he played in Sabbath, that were you know, British bands, he was the the American face of heavy metal. And, and I still think he is that face of American metal. Yeah. And, you know, Metallica. Yeah. And, yeah. Metallica started their own I genre with, with thrash and, and, and everything. But uh, what was the story that you were going to talk about with, uh, before oh. the show, before the Heaven and Hell?
1: Yeah, that show was, was so cool. And obviously, I'm a, hopefully I'm listening. i got a lot of Dio fans listening here that understand the, what Rainbow means to, to this man. But So the last show that, that came through it, it, that I saw him in 2009 was here at Norbury Island. And it was an outdoor event. And it was in August. And, uh, it was a big rainstorm coming in and we thought we might have got rained out. It was, it, it was bad, you know, so my, my buddy, uh, Eric, who's, you know, our, our mutual friend, we were going to the show together. We, we've been to been a bunch of shows together. Of course, as the deal comes around, we're going and, you know, we're down, we're down in the city here and it's raining and we're on the lakefront and it's pouring and thundering and all that stuff. And all of a sudden just the, 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 the storm goes out and there's a giant rainbow. All over Lake Michigan, and I again, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna, I shouldn't be telling people this, but you know, tear in my eye. I'm like, that that's off. This is going to be the greatest show ever. Ronnie just cleared Ronnie Ronnie summons summons everybody up and he clears the storm out and and the rainbow to come. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is sort of so great. I mean, and I, and I wasn't the only one. There were other guys there saying the same shit. Look at that rainbow? It's going to be a great show. But yeah, it was, that was cool. It was, uh, it was a sign. It was a son. Was it sadly, was it, was sadly it, the last time I saw him?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. remarkable. How was he later on in his career? Was he, you know, just as powerful of a voice, you know, as he was, you know, in, in his prime?
1: Oh yeah. The voice the, the voice was powerful. Of course it changed it, it, it changed a little bit, but the voice was always powerful. I mean took a little guy to stature and just come out on stage and just felt it and the passion that he had. And, you know, the, the way he moves, you know, his movements never change. And, and and all the, you say the imagery, you know, when he, when he used to do that, that little, that little bit with Heaven and Hell, when he would, they would, they would do, go into the, um, I don't know how you call it, but uh, they, they would go into a segment where he had that red light coming up on him and he'd go, you know, there's a big black cloud looking up at me. And, and, uh, and he just, he never, you know, it was always the same. It never was like, oh, he's coming out on a wheelchair or, you know, or, he was I he didn't skip a beat, which kills me that, you know, in less than a year he was gone from that, you know.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. What did they yeah. do did they do Dio songs during that period or was it just Sabbath stuff?
1: Oh, they did everything. Um, I believe you know, I don't remember the the, the exact lineup, but it was it was the Sabbath stuff. There was new there was new stuff that they put out on on that album. That that was the old Sabbath stuff. Plus, they did like the Bible Black. There were three songs that they that they put on that one. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't recall if they did all the deal stuff. I'd have to look that up.
0: Yeah, because it, it, so. so. it was it was geezer. Tony Iommi. It was Invinny. Tony
1: Yeah. Correct. Wow. Correct. What a so, band. Yeah. What a yeah. band. Remarkable. Awesome. Yeah, and a friend of mine. I had no idea. A lawyer friend of mine is real good friends with Tony. I see him at the show. He's, like, in front row. He's like, oh, yeah, I hang out with these guys all the time. I'm, gonna kill I'm going to show you. i for years. I'm like, no, you're kidding me. And then, then that was I didn't get a chance to see
0: him again. <laughs> wow. Now, you've, yeah. you know, one thing about the Dio community with fans is you guys instantly connect. If you got Dio shirts on or if you're, you know, wherever you're at, you know, I mean, there's oh, a yeah. place downtown called Lockdown, which is, like, this burger place, oh. this, Crazy yep. burger place. And they play heavy metal music while you eat your burgers. Yeah. It's similar to Kuma's. Right.
1: And uh, right.
0: you've met now, it turns out to be one of your good friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another another great story. <laughs> you got the time. Um, yeah. So I went. And it was actually the anniversary of Ronnie, Ronnie's passing. Uh, I'm not sure how many years in. But it was uh, it was May 16th. And I went there. I, I drove my bike. I got a Harley. I ride. And they got a big mural on the wall, by the way. I don't know if people know this. Uh, Chicago people know it. And unfortunately, the lockdown's not there anymore. He moved on, better, bigger, and better things. He's in California right now. Um, but there's a big mural. Ronnie's Ronnie's head is out there. So that's so I said I got to go to lockdown. I'm going to go over here, and I'm sitting at the bar, and they they got the, they play the metal music. They got videos going and stuff, and they got the great burgers. And hey, I hate to be that guy, but I asked the bartender. I says you know. I, I don't want to be that guy to ask you, you know, play this or, or do that, but it's the anniversary of, you know, the guy that's on your wall outside is death. Do you think we can play, you know, maybe one, one deal, song in then, you know, homage and, um, you know, in, in his memory. And she said, yeah, yeah, no problem, whatever. And in the corner was a guy, he's kind of like playing with his guitar, talking to a couple of people. And turns out it was the owner. So he goes back there, puts in the DVD of, of, Deal live at the Spectrum in Philly and starts playing it from the start. And he comes up, starts talking to me. Well, we became like the greatest of friends, met his brother, uh, big Deal fan. And the funny thing was that whole day, he just, he played that, that whole DVD through and the lay people, whoever in that, you know, can you put something else on? He looked at me like, no. (laughs) I love this guy. But still, to this day, a true good friend and um, yeah, it was just awesome. We've, we've, been, we've been friends ever since. You know, Dio has put me, friendships that, that I've uh, uh, cultivated, just knowing Ronnie Dio and listening to songs. I mean, for instance, one, I was in New Orleans, my brother's bachelor party. I went to a bar called The Dungeon, and you guys know it's got, not the same as it used to be, but a great place to go down and listen to metal, and it's, it's got that, you know, skulls and gargoyles and all that kind of stuff. It's real cool. And... um I put on—I forget what song I put on. It was a Sabbath song, probably Heaven and Hell. And I'm singing it, and I look to my left, and there's a the guy looks like he just got off the golf course. He's got you know shorts on, polo shirt, and he's singing it too. And he looks at me, and we, we horn up to each other. Whatever the song ends, guy's name is Charles from South. Uh, he's from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. To this day, if he walked in front of me, I wouldn't even know his face, right? I wouldn't even know him. But to this day, I'll get random texts. Hey. Was listening to Die Young the other day, thought of you, or, or, or I'm, I'm listening to Die Young right now. Thought of you. How are you doing? I was and you know, hey, of course, back and forth, you know, randomly. And it's so cool, just that connection, you know.
0: Ronnie gave you his music. He gave you his you know, passion for his music and friendship too. You know, he gave he gave all his fans a community, basically, a family.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You he know, loved his he loved his fans. You know, I mean, he was he was big with the fans. Yeah, that was that was that was big for him.
0: And how does that correlate, you know, with him being Italian? Italians are very into family. Family is very important in the Italian community. And I
1: gotta, I gotta say that that's part of the upbringing. I mean, you know, not, not just you know, but the fans. Let, let's face it, you, you're nothing without your fans, right? I mean, you can you can put all the music out in the world, but nobody comes to see your show, and nobody listens to it. What you know, you're just playing music, right? So right. you got to be good to your fans, and and that, that even translated with Wendy because. House of Blues. We we're at the House of Blues. I don't know how many years ago Dio uh, disciples came through, and she was there. And we happened to be up in the foundation, room, and went up to her just like Ronnie. Hello, Mrs. Dio. <laughs> yes, I was you know, I'm a big fan of Ronnie. Sorry for your loss, Annette. And she was all smiles, hug. You know, thank you so much for being here. Just humble, and knew that you know the hum. That was they were humble with their fans. It, it, it means a lot. And even you watch Ronnie sing and do shows, he'll smile. He'll look at you. I, I did, I wasn't, you know, at Timmy Park, I was in front stage. And, and I'm telling you, he looked right at me and was singing lyrics. And he knew he could see the passion in my face. And he, you know, you could tell he's like, and he smiled and he's awesome. You know, just make, mean something a little different than, you know, a lot of other rockers that, that I know.
0: And because of that, you actually went and paid your respects at his resting place in California.
1: Oh wow, yeah, yeah. 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 That was uh that was a, a another surreal moment. So I was with again rock star Phil and you know, we took a ride to go go pay go pay our respects to Ronnie and his great state. So we knew we knew he was at the um I believe it's a Forest Lawn Cemetery out there. And so we knew where where he was laid to rest. So we went to the main lobby area and I guess there's a lot of famous people out there. You know, buried, so it's almost like a tourist site. People will come and go to go to people's grave sites, and uh, we go into the to the lobby. Hey, can you tell us, you know, where we can find Brian James Deal? And the guy's like, "Sorry, Wendy, requested that uh, it remain private." And you know, sorry, Wendy, uh, we, <laughs> we went and found it anyway. I know people find it, but so what we did was started, you know, driving around and. Got on the phone and started YouTube and stuff, and found some. I forget what they, I think they were from Sweden. They did a YouTube video of them finding Ronnie's final resting place, and I'm watching it. I'm watching it, and I see, and I'm not going to say what the the, uh, the the where it is, Wendy. Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it up. But where the um, the court, there's a courtyard of uh, you know, there's certain areas. Each one is named. Differently, where the where, the, where the grave sites are, you know, so I saw the, the title and I went, "Whoa, we got to look for that. And then we found it. So we get out of the car and, you know, oh, well, and then we go walking in and Phil went to the right. And I went to the left and then all of a sudden, just like, you know, the sun was coming down in a big flashlight. There it was, you know, Ronnie's final resting place. If any of you guys seen it, 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 it it's just a beautiful, it's like the casket is outside you know the, the entombment of the big casket, beautiful white, and on there on it says uh, the man on the silver mountain with his signature, with his uh, autograph on it, the signature, however you want to say it. And uh, you know to the left are two urns, you know flower pots with the with the, with the with the horns up, and and it's just like you know you could hear you know the oh I was like oh my god you're know, tears in my eyes. You know we had a we had a little speaker with us. We put, I of course I put on heaven and hell sat there and just listened to it and I couldn't believe that I was you know the body of my hero was was right there you know I said like, wow so, so moving so moving to me and what was really cool is Lemmy's buried in the same place his his resting spot is, is directly like across from them so they can almost like see each other if, if they you know I'm sure they're doing their thing up in heaven, but they can see each other. I was like, wow, we found Lemmy's spot, too. I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah, very cool.
0: Why was it important for you to go there? What, what did that mean to you?
1: I mean, just like, it, almost like a family member. Going to, you know, it's like a family member to me. For me, personally. I know it sounds strange. You oh, like that so much. But yeah, this, this, this guy and this music, and his lyrics and and all that stuff, it just, it just
2: you know, and again,
1: I'm Italian, right? You got to go, go visit. You go to, you go to the gravesite. Just something that I had to do. And, you know, of course, Phil, God bless him, took me out there. And it, 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 he wanted to do it, too, because he, he loves him as, as much as I do.
0: When you think back of his music and his career and the connection that you've had with him for so long, what... What song to you like is your Dio song? Like what what is the the one that you help you know helps guide you through through life?
1: Yeah, that's easy. That's heaven and hell. That's heaven and hell. From A to Z, it tells you how to how to you know how to live life, what's what's coming after you, what what to do. I mean just, Sing me a song, you're a singer. Do me a wrong, you're the bringer of evil. You know, the heaven and hell. Everything is heaven and hell. They tell you black is really white, the moon is just the sun at night. But when you walk in golden halls, you got to keep the gold that falls. You know, people, it it kills me when people don't listen to lyrics to the song. That is, not that in song in particular, just songs in general. But, you know, when you walk in golden halls, you got to keep the gold that falls. You know, you've got to, take take advantages of those moments and live life to the fullest every day. You know, was, oh, heaven and hell. No, listen to the lyrics. This guy was, wasn't singing about the devil. He's not. It, 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 it's a whole different level. So, yeah, without a doubt, heaven and hell, A to Z, as, as far as my favorite.
0: Is that song, like, have there been moments in your life when you – You've connected with that song to help guide you through things.
1: Sure, I mean it, daily, almost. You know, daily, just, just just similar stuff. You just you just throw it on, and you're going through some shit. Girlfriend break up, uh, you know, anything. It almost translates to, to, to anything that you're doing. Uh, there, you can you can pick pieces of it just to, to get yourself going. You know.
0: Well, Nino, we'll end on that because you know that is uh, pretty much the essence of your passion and a lot of Deal fans' passion about the legacy of Ronnie James Deal and what it meant to you and what it meant to them.
1: Well, it's it's an honor that that uh, that you had me and called me for this. I hope I lived up to your uh, expectations on that, and uh, I hope I don't see a, I didn't let anybody down. Uh, I do love the man.
0: <laughs> you didn't let anybody down, man. You were awesome. Like I awesome. said, you know, this was, I, I had you in mind for the one day when I was going to do this, this Ronnie James deal legacy. And, uh, you definitely, you definitely hit it out of the park, my man.
1: That's awesome, brother. Thank you so much. It, 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 it's an honor. I mean, I can't tell you, it's an honor. I, I can't believe that I'm on, I'm going to be digital, digital recorded you paying the homage and respect for my passion for Ronnie. I mean, thank, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jay. I really, I, I have to thank you.
0: Hey man, it's my pleasure. I'm just glad you did it. I'm happy you did it. Thank you. thank you, brother. All right, everybody, that is Nino from Chicago. I'm Jay Scott. This is the hook rocks. Hope you enjoyed the conversation about Ronnie James deal. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk again soon. Thanks.